In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first reading comes from Acts chapter 17, and will serve as our sermon text today. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was inwardly stirred up when he saw how many idols there were in the city. Then he had discussions in the synagogue with Jews and others who feared God and every day in the marketplace with those who happened to be there. Some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also debated with him, but some asked, what is this fellow with his scraps of learning trying to say? Others said, he seems to be telling about foreign gods because he was telling the good news of Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him before the court of Mars Hill and asked, Could we know what is this new thing you teach? You bring some things that sound strange to us, and we want to know what they mean. Now everyone in Athens, also the visitors staying there, used their time only to tell or hear something new. Paul stood before the court of Mars Hill and said, Men of Athens, I see how very religious you are in every way. As I went through your city and saw the things you worship, I found an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. Now I'm telling you about what you don't know and yet worship. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and doesn't live in temples made by human hands. And he isn't served by human hands as if he needed anything. He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything. From one man he made every nation to have the people live all over the earth, setting the times allotted to them and the boundaries they live in that they should look for God and perhaps feel their way to Him and find Him. He is never far from any one of us, because we live and move and are in Him, as some of your poets have said. You see, we are His children. Now, if we are God's children, we shouldn't think God is like gold, silver, or stone carved by man's art and imagination. While God overlooked the times when people were ignorant, He now tells all of them everywhere to repent. Because He has set a day when He is going to judge the world with justice by the man He has appointed for this. And by raising Him from the dead, He has given everyone a good reason to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 3. Who will harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer because you're righteous, you are happy. Never let others terrify or trouble you. But give your hearts completely to Christ as Lord. And always be ready to answer anyone 
who ask you to explain the hope you have, but be gentle and respectful. Keep a good conscience so that those who slander your good life in Christ will feel ashamed of their slander. It is better if God wants it that way, to suffer for doing right than for doing wrong. Christ died once for our sins, the righteous one for the guilty, to bring us to God. He was killed in his body but made alive in his spirit. In this spirit he also went and preached the spirits kept in prison, who disobeyed long ago in the days of Noah, when God waited patiently while the ark was being built, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved by water. In the same way also baptism now saves us, not by washing dirt from the body, but by guaranteeing us a good conscience before God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone to heaven and is at the right hand of God, where angels, rulers, and powers have been put under him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't see or know him. You know him, because he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I am coming back to you. Only a little while, and the world won't see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you too will live. On that day, you will know I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. If you have my commandments and obey them, you love me. And if you love me, my Father will love you, and I will love you and show myself to you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How do you speak the message of Christ to people today? How do we approach them? St. Paul faced this very question as he was going to the Greeks with the message of Jesus Christ risen from the dead. In fact, Jesus' resurrection motivates the apostles to go forth and tell others to proclaim the resurrection and what it means. You would think it would be simple enough to start with the resurrection, but there was a problem with most Greeks. They either didn't believe the resurrection of the dead was possible, or they didn't think it was a good thing. The Epicureans, for example, to whom Paul preached, believed the world and everything, including the soul, was only material. Their beliefs operated much like atheism today. The Platonist, also Greek philosophers, considered the immaterial preferable. And so escaping the body was good and they wouldn't want to return to it. That would be ludicrous. 
The Stoics, to whom Paul also preached here, believed that all creation was one with the divine and that thus death was part of the good order of the world. A resurrection was impossible and not necessary. At least that's what they would have believed. And yet Paul has to preach to them Jesus, which means he'll have to preach what they considered and rejected as impossible. Now, Paul doesn't back down from preaching the truth, but he does choose to begin where the people are at and where he has agreement with them. He will then move to tackle disagreements and finally bring up what they considered to otherwise be impossible. So where are the people at? What is their worship like? They're devoutly religious and they worship many gods. They even have an altar to a god they didn't know. Because of a past plague that was stopped after sacrificing to a god they didn't know, the Greeks wanted to make sure they didn't miss a god. So they built an altar to the unknown god. When Paul saw it, he recognized an opportunity in their religious devotion to proclaim the true God, whom they yet didn't know. So Paul begins here with this unknown God and proclaims the God who created the universe and all things. Contrary to the Epicureans, Paul says this God is involved in our world and its creation. And thus isn't made of matter, since he's the maker of matter. Contrary to the Stoics, Paul says God is the maker of creation, and thus separate from creation, though not far from it. Paul then explains God's plan and order of the nations, and how he desired that they seek him out. He makes use of their own poets, to point out how God has left evidence of himself in the world and in history, and that we shouldn't suppose that the divine is made of materials that aren't alive. How could we imagine God to be like materials without life if we live? So to make clear to us his existence, God did what was unthinkable and considered impossible. He set a day for judgment and appointed a judge, providing the very proof of all this, so that they might believe. He raised this judge from the dead. In other words, God has done what the Stoics and Epicureans considered impossible, in order to show without a doubt who he is as the distinct creator of the universe, who rules over all of them, and is truly involved in this world. And indeed, this is powerful evidence against Stoic and Epicurean ideas. Had Paul started with such, he might have not been heard. But starting where they are at, Paul was able to preach the truth, and a few hearers become believers. Now, Paul's example teaches us two things. First, we have to understand where people are at and Begin where they are, affirming the true things they believe. 
This takes time. You have to get to know them and know what they believe. And then find correlations between them and where you are at. Once when I was in college, I was speaking to someone who believed we were all cosmic dust. And he also held some notion of God's anger and wrath at mankind. It was very new age sounding and mystical. Well, I affirmed how we are material and dust creatures who did deserve death and judgment from God, but that God had provided a way out of the judgment, namely Jesus Christ, who suffered and died in our place. The man connected with the truth and was open to meeting with a pastor to hear and learn more. Now, the second thing Paul's example teaches us is that while we can put God's word in the terms of those to whom we're speaking and even make connections to the truth, we shouldn't concede any of the truth. We don't need to gloss over the truth or, 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 or make it more appealing to people. We still need to speak the good news of Jesus and the truth of who God is. We need to speak about our human condition. And not hide the truth. We don't fudge the truth to get someone in church. But we can explain things in their own terms and language. Now as a side note, I will point out that there are religious groups that lie. Or play fast and loose with the truth to get someone into the door. And certainly cults and sects do this, but sometimes even Christians do this. They engage in bait and switch tactics. They hold out the promise of one thing and then switch it on you later when they think they have you hooked. That's just not the way we should be, and it's not the way Paul is here. In Acts. So, I don't know how many of you have gotten into or get into such religious discussions. I mean, all of us have to evaluate our discussions and whether we've taken the opportunities that God gives us to speak God's word as Paul does here or whether we've missed those opportunities or not taken them. Now, I know that I haven't always taken the openings that God has given me but the world and our neighbors need us to take the risk and speak. They need us to proclaim the message of Christ. You never know how the Holy Spirit will use the speaking of God's word. You might be surprised by whose heart and eyes are open to hearing. That being said, we have to realize that our country is being filled with all kinds of philosophies that are different from what you and I Believe from God's word. Such philosophies confront us in movies, TV shows, in our communities, and when our children go to college. These philosophies come in direct ways and indirect ones. Most of us recognize these things, like atheism, which often rejects God's existence based on some teaching about God. Sometimes they take issue with the true God. Sometimes they're rejecting 
some false notion of God that they were told was Christian, but really isn't. Plus, there are evolutionists of various stripes who, like the Stoics, contend that death is natural. The influence of these philosophies are seen in our material culture, which says both dying can be good and yet fears death. To this, we have to respond that death is what God intended but it is the consequence of sin. It is right to fear it as God's punishment and judgment. But at the same time, we proclaim that we no longer need to fear it, for Christ has overcome, and he will raise all his people from the dead. We've been delivered from punishment. Now, we're also encountering in our world and culture Buddhist and Hindu thoughts. Thoughts which aren't necessarily obvious or apparent to us. Perhaps because we don't have much familiarity with Buddhism or Hinduism. But these things are being promoted on the radio, in doctor's offices, and at exercise venues, as people use Buddhist meditation techniques and practice the religious exercises of yoga in order to reduce stress or provide some other benefit in life. Through these, without realizing it, we are being catechized into different ideas about the world and our existence in it. We're being fed notions of human existence similar to the Epicureans and Stoics. What shall we do? Well, as God's people, we're called to open our scriptures so that we recognize these other teachings. We need to review our catechisms and return to our devotions, meditating daily on God's word and calling upon God for wisdom and understanding. And when we find we have bought into some false notion, we need to repent. All of this calls for us to be in God's word more. Too often we've been in God's word less. We've been too busy with work or our entertainment to have time for God's word. Or we've heard God's word but haven't thought on it. We haven't considered all the worldly influences out there and what different ideas are being promoted. Perhaps we're aware of the obvious contrary ideas, but we are being influenced so much more by those ideas hidden in the media that we consume or that are presented to us as non-religious, but really actually affect our view of God and others. Now, for neglecting God's word and being uncritical consumers of our world and its ideas, we, we all need to repent. We, we all need to turn to the Lord and call on him for help and deliverance, for he is gracious and merciful. He will forgive and he will continue to teach us through his word. After all, Jesus came to do both. He came to remove our sins on the cross by dying for our neglect of his word and our uncritical absorption 
of false ideas. He covers all our sins, all your sins, which means you are forgiven. Your sins are covered. And your errors? Well, Jesus corrects by teaching you the truth. He gives you and me what we lack and need, the truth of who he is and the forgiveness we desperately need. Jesus has come and rescued you. He has delivered you and me. And our Lord will bring us and guide us to this table here. For here at this table, he upends all these other teachings and philosophies as he comes and meets with us. Here, our resurrected Lord joins us, for he is the living God who loves us and has mercy on you and me. He is the God who delivers you and me. He comes not only to forgive you at this table, but to celebrate with you that he has indeed overcome sin, death, and the devil. He has overcome the notions of the Stoics and Epicureans, the Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, and so many more. He overcame them on the cross and rose in victory. God's clear evidence of the truth, Christ resurrected, evidence written in real history and not just human speculation. On the day of judgment, what is already certain because of the resurrection will be clearly evident to all. Today, he is here for you to share his victory with you. Jesus is here now to sustain you and uphold you by his word, by baptism, and by his supper so that you would remain in faith unto death or until he returns. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. All readings prior to the sermon come from an American translation of the Bible.
morning. Yes, it is. I don't want to get too close. Morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Okay. Okay. Nice to meet you too. How you doing today? Oh, doing okay. Yourself? A little chilly up here. We're hoping for that 70 degrees, but I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Might not make it, you know. Yeah. You're lucky you've got your robes on. That's probably a little warm. But yeah, it is. It typically is. Yep. So. Hey, could you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. I'm having a little Maybe. trouble with the boombox, so I'm going to be kind of concentrating hard on getting it to work uh -huh. right. When you want music, and I think we talked about when we were mm -hmm. going to do it, could you just kind of go like that to me? Mm -hmm. Just okay. Just at me, and I'll be watching you real close. Okay. Yep. That way it'll go where you want it to go. I just don't want to hit a button too soon or, you know. Mm-hmm. I know the beginning. Hi, Jason. Um, Hello. Uh, so I imagine when you walk up there, are you going to say, so we be seated or something like that? And once they're seated, I'll hit Amazing Grace. Yeah, well, okay? that's fine. Yeah. We can, okay. And then the yeah. middle one, you'll have to kind of gesture to me if you can. If you want, it's a standard mm -hmm. benediction, right? Mm -hmm. And then after the amen from that, mm -hmm. I would hit the closing song. Correct? Yep. Okay. Here's I think a, I got it. Here's an envelope and a card there too. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. And inside there, we're going to try to video it too so okay do you want to be at that end or do you want to be at this end i'll be at the where the casket is yeah but i mean it's uh where where is the head the head is on this side here and i'll be close to the head okay that way our camera deals right there so i think you'll be close enough we should be able to hear you you might speak fairly loud or whatever so uh -huh. Because it's just a, the wind's of the this phone. way, so that's good. It's going to carry the sound that way. So yeah, that will help us a little bit today. Mm -hmm. so we'll probably with our, our scan just off the phone. It's going to get primarily him in the casket. It won't go back really and yeah. get the crowd much. But yeah, well, unless I scan it, but it's on a tripod. So I'll probably once it gets started, I'll probably just let it set and run. And all right. So is it does okay. the tripod weighted down so the wind can't blow it over? <laughs> I'll probably just stand behind it, make sure it doesn't oh, okay. blow over or All something. Right, but... boy, today we get a little gust or something, you know. Yeah. To tip it right over. Yeah. yeah. Troy didn't wear a coat, and that poor kid's gonna freeze. Ah, kids are so tough, they don't even Sometimes, yeah, my my son goes out and like, ah, is that cold? I it's not cold. I don't think it's quite that warm, but I suppose when you come off of the winter, that's, yeah, it's such a nice break from zero. From know? zero. <laughs> it's all relative. Like Even that. if you go from zero to 50, I guess, it's, yeah, that's swimsuit weather. And then it goes from 50 to 100, so it'll be, there's, yeah. you know, all it is in Nebraska usually is transition. It's what it amounts to, doesn't it? Yeah. Emma's middle name? Teresa. Teresa, okay. What I thought, but and then Carolyn's last name. Teton. Teton. T e t e n. Okay. Teton. All right. That's what I was going to say, but you, you never know. know sometimes when you're pronouncing somebody's last names. 
the guys at no. the Denver airport that were loading the plane for North Platte and Kearney. The guys kept saying Kearney. And finally somebody raised their hand and said, sir, it's actually Kearney. He said, well, I'm going to say it either way, so I don't offend anybody. Nobody says Kearney. <laughs> so. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Wish we could come over there and give you a big hug. I'd do it in a minute. I think everybody about that's coming is here, or? Okay. And then we, everything's with her, the, the bracelet, everything that was yes. still with her, so it, that was still all right to yeah. leave that's everything yeah. with her in. Because I and, took her wedding ring. So. And then these flowers, they can either stay or if somebody wants them at the end to take home, that they're yours, take if you'd like. Usually the casket spray, once we fill it in with dirt and everything, it usually stays on top of the grave out there afterwards. Yeah. So that would, be that, that would stay. If you want any of these others, that's fine. No, do you ever? Oh. I can probably leave them at the door if I can't go in. No, I know you can't. Yeah. But we've had flowers sent to mom. Oh, so, yeah, they probably would. They probably them. would like that because mom would put everybody Yep, yep. We're getting close. You, are you about ready if I get. I'll have to get the camera ready. Before you start, let me know if I can get the camera ready. Okay. And that way we can start it right when you're ready, and I'll get everybody else kind of moving Ask in. Be on a question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dirt. Did you have dirt? Oh, I. Yeah. I am. I did, and I can't remember. We may just have to reach around and get some more. I'm sorry. I may. Have... Okay. I might have some in my car. Okay. Just for these kinds of situations. I can just get some, I think, over here, but I'll just have to put, I can put a little bit of it on the vault, if that's all right. Let me just grab a little it bit. It should be somewhere under the Looks like a fire right there as well. Oh. Yeah, I think they do. Hmm. He does take some of it away. Uh, uh, yeah, looks like it's, uh, looks like grass, yeah, so. Yeah, does a, does, a, does a job here. Oh, oh, I already found the edge of this right here. So, so I'll do an okay. I'll just settle here and then I'll let it dry so it'll make sure it's not. Okay. Okay. Is that going to be all right about enough to? That's probably fine, yeah. It's fairly powdery. It will work. Sorry about that. Okay, just. I'll get some of those things. Coming in in. And... He's going to, right when we're, yep, if we're ready to, to get there. and So. I'm not going to go to the that's okay. 
That's okay. We'll get it. Oh, it's a nice little town. No, it's a nice little town. So. <laughs> From head to tail, there. <laughs> we'll be right there then when we do it. I'm just going to move this out just a little bit. But... Yeah. I'll be here or All right there. sometimes there. But, yeah. Okay. okay. Roger, Sharon, Jerry, and Karen, could you come in? And Leonard. And Leonard Grace. That pie was so good that I had to hide it because it wasn't good. Go ahead and get a seat here. Come around just like that, just keep a little distance.
God's peace to you. Today we gather to lay to rest Emma Teresa Safranic Lyon, born near Myrna, Nebraska, to Caroline Bolmer Safranic and Paul Herman Safranic on April 2nd, 1921. Died May 16th, 2020. She was baptized on July 3rd, 1921, and confirmed in Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Myrna in 1935. Emma grew up in the Myrna area, graduated from Myrna High School in 1938, and taught four years in area rural schools. During one summer, she attended Kearney State Teachers College. On April 2nd, 1944, Emma married Dwight William Lyon at Myrna Emanuel Lutheran Church. They lived in California and North Carolina while Dwight was in the U.S. Army preparing to leave for Europe in World War II. Until Dwight's return, Emma resided and worked in Lincoln, Nebraska. After his return, the couple settled near Myrna on the Lyon Ranch and were members of Emmanuel of Myrna Emanuel Lutheran Church. Born to the Union were three children, Caroline Sue, 1947, William Dean, born in 1955, and Dennis Lee, born in 1958. From 1998 to 2010, Emma and Dwight lived in Scottsdale, Arizona as winter residents where they were associate members of Desert Foothills Lutheran Church. Dwight passed away in 2010 and Emma moved on to Off-Broadway Assisted Living in Broken Bow, Nebraska in 2016. She was a resident of Brookstone View Care Center when she passed away. Throughout her life, she was involved as a church organist at Myrna Emanuel Lutheran Church, Sunday school teacher, and vacation Bible school teacher. She held all offices in the LWML, the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, was a delegate from the Kearney Zone to the International Convention in Kansas City, Missouri, and attended five other international conventions. Emma's involvement in the community included Extension Clubs, 4-H Clubs, Myrna American Legion Auxiliary for 60 years, and the American Cancer Society Annual Drive. She is survived by one daughter, Carolyn Teton of Peoria, Arizona, who married Arnold. One son, Dennis Lyon of San Diego, California. One brother, Herman Safranik of Myrna, Nebraska, who married Detta. Grandchildren include Darcy Fortune of Gunter, Texas, married to Charles. Dr. Ryan Teton of Kearney, Nebraska, married to Tanya. Dr. Andra Tharp of League City, Texas, married to Jim. One step-grandchild, Matthew uh, Fortune of Anna, Texas, married to Ashley, and six great-grandchildren, Aiden, Aiden and Seth Teton, Grace and Braden Fortune, Odessa and Gray Tharp.
and two great-great-step-grandchildren, Harper and Mattis Fortune. Emma was preceded in death by her parents, husband, Dwight Lyon, a son, William, her sisters, Gertrude Tillman and Josephine Kuhl, a brother, Carl Safranik, two sisters-in-law, Lenore Lyon and Mildred Safranik, and two brothers-in-law, Dale Kuhl and Art Tillman. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we're gathered here today uh, to bury Emma, let us pray. Merciful Father and Lord of life, with whom live the spirits of those who depart in the faith, we thank you for the blessings of body and soul that you granted this departed sister whose earthly remains we now lay rest. Above all, we rejoice at your gracious promise to all your servants, both living and departed, that we shall be raised from death at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We hear from God's Word, from John chapter 12. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul writes, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. And it is not the first man who was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image 
of the man of heaven. The Apostle Paul also writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your victory? The victory, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And also from 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul writes, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so... We will be always with the Lord. Grace, peace, comfort, and mercy to you in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You, of course, knew Emma much better than I did. I've only gotten to know her for the last few months since I've been here. I met her along with several other uh, Lutheran ladies in the uh, nursing home. And, um, well, she had a smile on her face. And she was always pleasant and sweet. And uh, even when she didn't remember some things, she still maintained that sweetness and pleasantness. Um, and when she got her cat... Uh, just uh, a few months ago, uh, well, you could see the kindness and love she had to just take care of this cat. Um, so, when I did come, she was ready to worship. She was ready to, to have church. Um, despite her, her, her memory loss and, and whatnot, she still remembered church and was ready to, to follow along, to sit down, to, to hear God's Word and, and to um, receive the Lord's Supper. The revelation to St. John records the heavenly host in worship of God in chapters 4 and 5. And this is uh, what happens, well, when we gather for worship. 
The heavenly host is present. We're along with them singing. Um, Christ comes to be with us um, as God comes in word and sacrament in the Lord's Supper. And so she was there. She was present to be there. And as St. John depicts in chapter 7, just a few, just a little bit later, he shows a great multitude gathered also. And St. John is asking, well, who are all these others gathered here? Who, who are these in the white robes? He says, these are the ones who have washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Those who have been cleansed. And this is where Emma is. She is part of that great multitude. She worshipped her Lord here. She now worships Him. In the new heavens and new earth. She worships Him. In heaven, awaiting that new heaven and earth. She's part of that multitude that has washed her robe white in the blood of the Lamb. And this is what she confessed, after all. This is what she said she needed. That she needed our Lord. She was a wonderful woman, and yet, and yet she confessed she was a poor, miserable sinner. She did this on Sundays at Myrna Emanuel's in church. She did this when I met her and got to worship with her in the nursing home. She confessed that she needed Christ. She was a sinner. She wasn't perfect. She didn't do everything right. She needed the Lord's goodness. She needed what He had to give. And this is what Christ brought for her. She looked to the only one who could deliver that goodness to her, that could deliver that perfection to her. And He did. He lived that perfect life for her, and He granted her that perfect life by uniting Himself to her in baptism. She trusted Him to share His riches. She was a poor sinner, and He was rich with goodness and perfection and Mercy and grace. He was the new Adam who came to give us a new start. The last Adam to, to, to replace the old one. The old Adam that we all were born under, the one that was the head of humanity that brought us death. Here's the new Adam bringing us life. Christ our Lord. Emma heard His voice and followed Him. She looked to Him and trusted Him. She believed in Him. She clung to Him. I even heard a story that she went around the nursing home looking for church services. She was looking for time to be with the Lord. She was ready to be with Him. Every time I visited her, she was ready. And the only time was when she wasn't feeling well one day. But I would come in and knock on her door and she was maybe even sleeping. And there she would, get up, ready, okay, get ready, let's go. Let's have church. Emma had been moved by our Lord's love and care for her. His love was such not only to live for her, but to die for her, to sacrifice for her, so that she would be His. She looked 
upon His death for her. Because Christ united Himself with her in death and in life. He united Himself with her in baptism. And uniting her to Him in baptism, she was united in His death and she died on that cross with our Lord. And because of that union, well, He's promised her a resurrection. Just as He rose, she too will rise. She too, He has life even now. For she's united to the One who is life and who has overcome. And this is why St. Paul said we don't mourn like the world. Yes, we are sad. We've, we've lost. We feel the pain. But we have hope. The same hope that Emma has is offered to us. The same life that Emma received in Christ is given to us. The same opportunity is given to us. Because we all too need it. We all too are sinners. We all too deserve death. And Christ gives us His cleansing from sin. Gives us life. His life. Through His death on the cross. This is all given to us. As well. And so... Since Christ has been raised, since our Lord has overcome death, we know where Emma is. She's with the Lord. United to Him, she abides with Him. And she awaits that day of the resurrection when all God's people will hear the Lord and get up that are dead in the ground and all those that are still here will be all gathered up to be with Christ. Today the mortal body goes in the ground. While Emma rests with the Lord. On that last day, her spirit and her body reunited and her body here will be raised even better than it is today, even better than it ever was in her life. That spiritual body that Christ has promised a resurrected body that no longer will have death to face. No longer will be troubled. Because Christ, our Lord, has promised. He keeps His Word. And He's tied Himself to Emma as His very own beloved child. May the peace of God and the comfort of our Lord be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. God has made us His people through baptism into Christ. 
and living together in trust and hope, we can confess that faith. Um, we confess this faith that Emma confessed, the faith that um, when she was baptized was confessed, according to the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We now commit the body of our sister Emma to the ground. Earth to earth, dust to dust. In the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subdue all things to Himself. May the God who created this body, may God the Son, who by His blood redeemed this body, may God the Holy Spirit, who by holy baptism sanctified this body, to be His temple, keep these remains to the day of the resurrection of all flesh. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting His promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, by the death of Your Son, Jesus Christ, You destroyed death. By His rest in the tomb, You sanctified the graves of Your saints. And by His bodily resurrection, You brought life and immortality to light, so that all who die in Him abide in peace and hope. Receive our thanks for the victory over death and the grave that He won for us. Keep us in everlasting communion with all who wait for Him on earth and with all in heaven who are with Him. For He is the resurrection and the life, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In death, in life, O Lord, abide with me. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let us go forth in peace in the name of the Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
Hoover's on the wayside service. You walk in the visit a little bit, or a distance anyway. You can share memories, and then whenever you're ready to go again, that will probably be fine. What, you, what was your question? I said you're the pastor just here now, or? I serve uh, Emmanuel here in Myrna and Emmanuel in Loop City. In Loop City. I just Yeah. So they, they formed a dual parish this past year or two ago, something like that. And so. I have trouble keeping track of things. Well, well you know, it. it uh, things are constantly in motion, right? So, and the more things you, the more things keep going <laughs> in motion. Once you get one thing mastered, another thing's going. Well, a lot of the younger generation over here kind of went astray, so I can't keep track of things that way. Well, yeah, that's when we were still having family reunions. We usually had them in the church mm. and uh, mostly I knew him mm -hmm. before we finally discontinued because we were about the only ones that came any distance anymore mm. we just was local and we decided that, that was the way it was going to be <laughs> we had to give it up I was baptized okay um, Pastor Krause and Bill Britton. You okay? My mother was a Martin. They're all down the, next to the main road coming in. Okay. Um, Emma and my mother were my only two Sunday school teachers. Oh, okay. If I didn't have one, I had the other. Yeah. So where do you guys live? I live in Oshkosh now. Okay. They're out in the weeds. Okay. And the members of Zion and Chapel. Okay. That was when I had to make a choice, I was the closest. And uh, I got to get rid of this. I, uh, I guess I've been on the board of elders off and on now for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants the job. Well, it takes certain responsibilities. Well, we're a Wyoming district. That doesn't help on keeping track of things over here. Okay. Yeah. At one time, my, there was the north, northern Nebraska district and the southern, and Wyoming was part of the northern. Oh, okay. And Wyoming wanted to become a district, and they really didn't have enough people. Hmm. So... They cut the panhandle off and said put them with Wyoming and the rest, put Nebraska mm -hmm. together with the rest of it. Yeah. 
So we kind of live in a different world. 30 miles from the Rocky Mountain district. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're only about 30 miles north of Mm-hmm. That's where I used Colorado to be. Line, 90 miles east of Wyoming line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I... Emma can be one of the last of them. She was, uh, I suppose I was a first cousin twice removed. Okay. Her, Emma's dad, and my uh, mother were cousins. My mother's father came out here, and he had a sister that was widowed with two sons, Paul and John. And he ended up taking care of them, so he started Paul right down here mm -hmm. south, and John. It was about probably three, four miles west. And since they tore the house down, it's hard to remember which quarter it was. Yeah. Took a homestead on one quarter and a tree claim on the other. And then after they got established, why he wanted to raise cows, so we went about eight <laughs> miles south. And we ended up with poor relation. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, so I kind of try to keep track of things over here. But we had to kind of get up this morning to get over here. We lose that hour. Yeah, yeah, get the time change, right? Mountain time, yeah. This is what I had a high school, well, still got him, but high school or a college buddy that lived south of Seneca. Okay. And they, at that time, Seneca was on mountain time yet because of the Burlington changed screws at mm -hmm. Seneca. He always called Central Time white man time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but anyway, yeah, I was kind of trying to keep track of what's going on. Yeah. And Pam down here is probably one of the last ones now. <laughs> Of the original. Yeah. So he's. That isn't why we came over this morning. Mm-hmm. Kind of old-fashioned house. Good grace. As my mother always said, act like you've had a little bringing up whether you've had any or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. I would just wanted to see because I really hadn't heard anything definite. I heard that one something about Loop City. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you're quite a spread there too. Yeah, a little bit. Well, we're spread out spread. too because we're a dual parish with Trinity South Divide there, hmm. south of Snow. Okay. And east, about straight east of Lorenzo which puts them about two miles north of the Colorado line, southeast of okay. Sydney. And I don't know, we're even talking to them. Well, it's now called the Chimney Rock Disc uh, Circuit, but uh, the old Sydney Circuit to possibly go in a five-way deal with two pastors. Because hmm. we've got a lot of little 
little congregation. Potter Gurley and uh, <laughs> and uh, St. Paul's in Sydney is mm -hmm. vacant right now. Um, they just don't have that many congregations that can stand by themselves anymore. So yeah. St. John's oh, and Scott's Bluff and St. Paul's and Bridgeport. Are, yeah. yeah. Many, many of these congregations were established circuit riding and oh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I mean, a lot of them are coming mom. back. To, we're coming back to the circuit riding again. Uh, <laughs> my mom's dad was a charter member. Yeah. And uh, that was the way they did it. <laughs> But yeah, it is. It's, I mean, our membership has shrunk drastically. And of the ones we got, probably only got about 20 in church anymore. Mm -hmm. So we kept half the church. We, had, we just split it up and had two, two services. Yeah. And, yeah. That girl, the bad time when she was smarter. She was mm -hmm. up and down. She said, Mary Belly Breton. They don't want to Anyway, yes, I just try to keep track of what's going on. Yeah. I really shouldn't be here. I had to go to Denver last no week ago tomorrow to check up. I had a heart valve replaced in February mm. just before this Chinese flu struck. And mm -hmm. By rights, I was supposed to stay home <laughs> for two weeks. But Somehow that ain't working out too well. But we don't have any cases in Garden County. Mm -hmm. Or Dual County, for that matter. Yeah. I think that's all going to go the way, too. I've been watching the statistics, and if you get really down to it, and they start weeding out people that didn't really die, that had it, but didn't really die mm -hmm. of yet, and everything, that it ain't. The mortality isn't that much different than the regular flu. Yeah. It yep. might be a little more contagious, but I mean. Uh, yeah, well, even that's questionable too, because they are not sure about how many people are asymptomatic, and well, no. So they, it's know. hard to trace when they're trying to trace these things. And they're never going to get everybody tested because that's, that's a lot of tests and a lot of people. I would and take, that doesn't I'll, mean anything. If, if you test negative, just means you're vulnerable. Yeah, it doesn't mean and you could be not the next day or yet that day, you know. Well, yeah, or you could have had it and didn't know it. Yeah, or you could have had it and didn't know it. Of course, then you would have been, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, anyway, I suppose we're going to head out again now. Due to things, there ain't no dinner, there ain't no <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everything's a little different, so. So.
Well, Traditionally, funerals have always been almost the same as family reunion. <laughs> People gathered up mm-hmm. and yeah. seen each yep. other for yep. Yep. years and years. Yep. Um, Absolutely. No. No. People are too worried. We've made a number of trips this year this direction. The last neighbor in our neighborhood, we lived about halfway down here between Broughtonville and Callaway. And out of that neighborhood, the last survivor of my, the older generation down there, we hit that one and a cousin that I had that lived in, well, he lived in Broneville anymore, but he from heard him up mm-hmm. there. He passed away. We went to that one, and now this one. And <laughs> it's 